That is not its primary focus. So the fact that dinosaurs are not mentioned, because that's not part of the narrative. That's not, that, that, that doesn't bring us to the point where ultimately Christ comes. Does that make sense? Um, you know, I mentioned that, that there's genocide. Uh, God uh, basically unleashes Israel to wipe out, you know, whole, whole, you know, ethnics, right? Women and children included. Um, and so these are some pretty difficult stuff. Um, you know, I think most teachers or, or pastors probably um, won't even address it, right? Uh, and I think for a couple reasons, it's, it's, it's challenging, it's hard. One, they may not have an answer. Two, it's, it's hard to swallow, right? But let me say it this way, for me to teach something in scriptures, you'd be like, oh, well, I don't know if God, you know, because of what that, you know, because of that, because, because I can't make the connection, because I can't understand or have faith, oh, I don't know if God is worthy to be, you know, be trustworthy or followed. Well, if you think that's crazy, Jesus himself, God incarnate, came to earth, taught, and at one point gave some pretty, pretty hard teachings. And the scripture says many people left him. Many people left him. The crowds had left him. And he was talking about, um, at one point, I think the crowds got quite big, and people had all sort of notions as to who he was and why he was there, even if they believed that he had some sort of power, whether or not he had, was God or not. <clears throat> you know, the crowds got quite big. Um, and at one point, Jesus says, Oh, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Something to that effect. And many of us are like, what? What is, this, what is this guy talking about? Eat his flesh and drink his blood? And it says that many had left him. And obviously we know in hindsight, he's talking about his body broken on the cross. His blood shed for us. And when we talk about, I've, I've said it many times about eating from the tree of life versus eating from the uh, uh, you know, tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? It makes total sense. Eating from the tree of life is the, the, the body of Christ that was broken is the blood that was shed for us, is what we do every month, communion, right? Uh, but, but he didn't explain that. I think it was a sort of a, a, of a test, you know, a sort of a, uh, okay, test, test is, can be a tricky word. Uh, um, I think it was an invitation. Anywhere in the scriptures, listen, anywhere in the scriptures where something doesn't make sense, it's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to go deeper. That's why Jesus would often teach in parables. It wasn't to sift out. It wasn't so that people, you know, he, he didn't want certain people to come into, into the kingdom. A parable was a, a, a teaching with truth. And if you wanted to know the truth, what did the disciples do? Every, even the disciples didn't get it, right? Even the disciples, along with the crowds, didn't get it. So, but what did the disciples do? What was the distinguishing you know, separation? They came and then they asked him, well, what does this mean? I don't understand. It's an invitation. If you don't understand something about the scriptures, you don't understand something about God, something doesn't make sense. It's an invitation for you to ask God for revelation versus surface level, I don't get it, therefore God must not get it, therefore, you know, I'm going to trust in myself. Does that make sense? There's going to, the, if Jesus himself came in person and proclaimed the kingdom of gospel and, he, and miracles were happening, and then he gave a hard teaching, and the people left the faith because of that, or you know, stopped following him. Then, you know, for us to read scriptures and for there, you know, to be some hard teachings, and for us not to be able to understand, that that's not a surprise to me. Does that make sense? Um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll give you one one follow up. Okay, 
all I can do is take all you want all you want me to do all you want any pastor to do is take the scriptures to teach you what is truth black and white and then some areas that that are unsure you know you have to rely on the principles and the whole of the scriptures amen so all I can say is this is what it says for those who believe have salvation in the Old Testament before Christ you know Abraham they couldn't say I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior they can they can call him the cross even though the work of the cross is for all time for all the cosmos for all the universe uh, before and after in time and so there's foreshadowing there's all these symbols all these things that point towards the cross uh, leading up to and ultimately Christ is the representation, everything hinges on him, his death, his resurrection, ultimately hinges on uh, what, is, what is first is that there's a broken relationship with God. God wants to restore that relationship. And so if we believe in Jesus and the work of God on the cross for our forgiveness for our sins, then we have a restored relationship with him and we have eternal life. Well, the same thing applies in the Old Testament. So how are people in the Old Testament saved before they can call on Jesus? Well, if, if you look at, we'll get there a little bit later. Maybe I won't unpack it so much here. But it has to do with relationship. Uh, Abraham believed. Therefore, Abraham obeyed. Therefore, the scripture says, God accredited, you know, attributed to him righteousness. So belief, relationship, obedience, and then covering of God's provision. Right? And that would be symbolic of ultimately when Christ would come. Belief, faith, and then the covering of Jesus. Um, and so, um, I'll save the, uh, I'll save the, uh, well, I guess we can go into it, why not? <laughs> right? Um, so God gives Israel a mandate to wipe out uh, uh, people groups. Right? Sounds crazy. Right? How do you reconcile that in the scriptures? Among, among the many things, how do you reconcile that? For those of you who've missed it over the last few weeks, we've culminated, I've, I've slowly been laying bricks day by day to get us to the place where like, yeah, it doesn't always have to make sense, but I trust in God. So if you're coming in, this might be like, whoa, how, what are we talking about? You may not have some of those blocks. I, I would encourage you to go back and listen uh, because without having a relationship first, without having trust first, if those two things aren't foundational, then a lot of things that are said can be taken simply at face value. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if you did question the character and the judgment of God. Does that make sense? So sometimes we feel like as believers, when we hit something rough, we just have to turn off our minds. Right? And that, that's not true. Um, what I asked you even j yesterday and the week before is, even if we don't understand everything, do you trust ultimately that God has a purpose and a plan? Do you trust ultimately that God is good? That's the question. And the cross is where we go, always, finite, to answer that question. Amen? Amen? So we don't have to be believers because we understand everything. We don't have to be believers because everything in the scriptures makes sense. Um, we have to, we're believers because ultimately we believe that God has proven himself to love us, to be just, to be fair, to be gracious, and that through the cross. Um, we're going to definitely hit, like, I mean, like today, you know, people living the 700, 900 years, right? And you're just like, do, 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 okay, next chapter. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Um, I, I've read some, some various commentaries and theologies and, and, and you know, professors, and they'll say things like, scientifically, um, before the flood, that there was actually a canopy of water, you know, a, a, an atmosphere. Um, and in fact, I've read and seen documentaries, uh, non 
Christ or, 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 or Christian-based teachings or, or discoveries, um, like, like, like Discovery Channel or, uh, um, uh, uh, what is it, what's the other one, Nat Geo, things like that. I've, I've read before, I, I can't, I have to, I'd have to find my reference. But because of this crazy layer of water, this canopy, I, I've been reading, there's a huge, there's huge uh, storms in Los Angeles right now. Uh, California is a desert, and so when you get a lot of rain, it's, it's big news. And so they call it an atmospheric river. I've never heard that phrase before. I've never heard that phrase before in the LA Times. Uh, there's an atmospheric river, you know, above Southern California, and so, you know, California area, coastal, and so it's going to be crazy rain for days and days and flood warnings and all that stuff. I've never heard that phrase before, just, just a couple days ago. Um, but I did hear and read about there being a canopy of water surrounding the earth. And so when the flood happened, two things happened. Um, water came from beneath. There was like a, like a, like a, there's a they, they, they found this source or like a cavern or I don't, I don't know the right terminology where, where something broke and released water. But also at the same time, the canopy above also was showering down. So from two sources of water, that's what caused the flood for 40 days uh, during Noah's time. And so um, what they were saying was uh, uh, because of this atmospheric covering, this water, it actually protects from UV rays. And anyone who does skincare, I do a little bit of skincare, I, I tried to, just recently, just recently. <clears throat> I did it when I was like 30 and then I stopped completely. And then I'm uh, uh, 49 now. Anyways, um, you know, everyone knows it's the sun that damages your skin. It's the sun that causes you uh, aging. And, it's, and, and even if it's a cloudy day, and he's constantly telling me, Sam, Sam, even if you can't see the sun, it's the UV rays. <laughs> um, so that's, that's one explanation. You know, and so therefore, uh, uh, diet, therefore, you know, UV rays. That, that's, that's a scientific explanation. Uh, some would say, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's just a terminology. You know, the years that they were counting were different from the years that we count today. You know, so on and so forth. Regardless of what it is, I, this is, if you want to know where I stand, okay, and I've read a lot of stuff, and, and, I, and I have a mind as brilliant as you guys because God gave us minds. Uh, everything God says, I believe. That's it. Because God has proven himself to me more assuredly than anyone else in the world. Although there are good arguments and there are good scientific bases, and I, and I look at these and I'm like, oh, that's a great argument. Oh, wow, that, that makes sense to me. But that doesn't, that'll never take away the fact that God came in the form of Christ and Jesus died on the cross for me. And so until all evidences prove to me otherwise, absolutely, and unless I was there, I, I, I mean, if I'm going to err, right, that you can err, that's okay, everyone can err. If I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of God. Right? So I teach everything as truth in the scriptures. I try to reconcile where I can use science, great, where not. There's actually, uh, you can find websites, uh, infinitely, I, I, and I mean that, far brilliant uh, than myself and many of us. And um, there's Christian scientists, physicists, you know, uh, geology, everything. And, and there's a whole forum and a website, and they'll put all this stuff together. It's quite fascinating quite fascinating. So I encourage you guys to take a look at that. Um, okay, I'll save the, 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 the whole God using Israel to wipe out peoples for when we get there. How about that? Okay? Um, but it, but it's, a fascinating, it's a fascinating argument. I'd love to share that with you guys. But I want to I stick to where we are here in chapter uh, 5. Okay, uh, purpose to genealogy. Um, there's a reason why chapter 5 is in here. Okay, it's just names. It's just ages. And then it leads from Adam, Seth, 
all the way down to Noah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this is only, there's only one other place where this phrase, the book of generations, so in chapter 5 it opens, the book of generations of, of Adam and then to Seth and so, so forth. In the whole of the Bible, you see it here in chapter 5 in Genesis, right, in the, in the, in the very origin accounts. The, the only other time you'll see this phrase, the book of generations, is in the Gospels when they introduce Jesus. So it's very intentional. Uh, there's a purpose to the genealogy. Um, God is following up on his promise. The promise that God made in chapter 3, verse 10, uh, that, that, the, uh, uh, you know, that the offspring of, of man, you know, the son of man, uh, would, would crush the head of the serpent, but would, you know, the serpent would bruise the heel, right? And, and it's foreshadowing that of Christ's coming. And within that same chapter, we saw uh, uh, the first sacrifice, the first covering of, of, of blood sacrifice of an animal, and then the, the, the animal clothing of, of uh, provision for Adam and Eve. Um, this is following up on that promise. God is showing how through the generations that promise is going to be fulfilled. And how through every family, and how all the way up to Noah, and then eventually through the line of David, the Messianic line, He's making the connections. He's following through. He's showing you that he hasn't forgotten. And he's pointing to Jesus. He's showing us and pointing us to the promised seed in line that would ultimately lead to the Messiah that fulfills the promise that he made in the first chapters. The only other times this phrase, I mentioned, the book of generations here, and, and I intentionally chose NASB because in, in NIV they'll say uh, an account of the family, right? But a, a more accurate translation, uh, and oftentimes when I do study, I do use the NASB. Um, you know, would be the book of generations. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, it says, the book of generations of Jesus. And it's linking. It's linking God's promise and what he said he would do back to Jesus, who's the fulfillment of that promise. And then it gives you the genealogy of Jesus, uh, which is quite fascinating. That's a whole other uh, really fascinating uh, topic as well. Uh, and in, in the New Testament, Jesus referred to, we already covered this, as the second Adam. So Jesus comes to succeed you know, what I said in the Garden of Gethsemane, overcoming temptation, where Adam failed in the Garden of Eden. Okay? A um, couple things to take note of here. Notice, everyone, for however many years they lived, notice this, everyone dies. Everyone dies. Name after name, death after death. Satan's work is complete. He lied. He's a liar. He told Eve, if you eat of it, you won't die. You'll be okay. Surely there must be other reasons. I want you to know, no matter how good it sounds, no matter how appealing it may appear outside of what you know to be God's will for you, it's a lie. The devil is a liar. Forget this. This is like fourth, fifth page of the newspaper. Nobody cares anymore. I care. Everybody died. Right? He's a liar. The devil is a liar. Right? And so, you know, in that moment, it's like, yeah, so appealing and, you know, taste of the fruit. No, you won't die. No, you will die. Everyone died. Okay? Um, Satan's work is complete. 
eat this fruit, he says you will surely not die, he's a liar, everyone dies. Okay? The best advice I can give you this morning, okay? <clears throat> Listen, <clears throat> I have to say this. I want every message to be like, wow, oh, oh, man, the Spirit of God, the love of God. And, you know, I want every, every, every response just to be like filled. But truth is truth, right? Scriptures are scriptures. And, and even Jesus gave hard lessons and people left, right? And so I don't think every meeting has to end that way. And I don't think you should look for a group of people or a church or a pastor who's going to make you feel good every time you leave a gathering. Oh, I only have so many hours in a week. If I don't feel refreshed, if I don't feel fed, if I don't feel, oh, this is not doing for me, I'll go somewhere else. No, you, you, you take the word of God, you, it's like, like food, like a seed, you take it down, it may be bittersweet, and you let it grow, right? And, and we mature as believers, amen? Do I have your permission to do that? Right, I'm a naturally pretty fun-loving guy, um, but, you know, truth is truth. Um, the best advice I can give you guys this morning, and let it, let it, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let it be so simple, right? But let it be so profound. If you don't like it, then chew on it, right? Just process it, take it down, and let the Word of God do its thing, okay? The best advice I can give you is do everything the Scripture says. Everything. Obey everything. It's not a buffet where you get to choose, selective. Everything that God says that you know and understand, and even if you don't understand, obey it, follow it. Um, do it especially if it doesn't make sense to you. Do it especially if you don't understand it. Do it until you understand it. If you don't understand it, ask God for revelation. Go to him and pray. This doesn't make sense. This is a hard teaching. I believe in the cross, I believe in you, but I just can't make that correlation. I can't make, Lord, give me revelation. God, I want to draw near to you. And the nearer you draw to him, the greater understanding you will have. This is my prayer for you. This is the best advice. I, until, you under, until you fully understand what it is, just keep doing it. Keep obeying. The scriptures tells us, even now, even in our salvation, we know in part, we understand in part. But when we are in heaven, will know in the fullness, right? And so there's, there's still a great deal of us having to have and rely on faith, not on our understanding, right? That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Like I have to understand everything to, and then I decide what's good and right. No, 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 God is good. You trust in God. God is the one who decides what's good and right, right? And so I've known people, you know, a chart from zero to 100. Uh, uh, some people just need 10%. You know, and they're like, that's enough. I, I, I totally see it. I, I, have, I have faith in God. Some people need 90% understanding. Does that make sense? So everyone's capacity to believe in their amount, of, it, it, it's, it's off the chart. You're never going to get 100%. Let me, let me tell you that right now. You're never, ever going to get to a place where like, I get it. I see everything now, 100%. There's always going to be required of you an element of faith, no matter what. You cannot see or experience the kingdom of God without faith. So whether for you that's 10% like proof and 90% step of faith, whether for you that's 99% proof, evidences, science and all that, and 1%, doesn't no matter what, you're going to need a step of faith. You won't see him until you take a step of faith. <clears throat> and so in that aspect, you know, this is, this is what faith is. Faith is an act of worship. Faith is trusting God. Um, I'll go on to the, 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 I found something quite interesting. Um, you know, each name that we just read 
has a, a, a you know, if you do a linguistic or, or, or a name study, has a root translation. And so, these, you know, obviously it's not precise, it's not exact, but these are some of the uh, 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 interpretations of the names. And so I'll read them for you, okay? You guys, you guys and then we'll wrap up with this this morning, okay? Uh, possible various root translations of the names. Seth means appointed, okay? Seth, if you've never heard of that, you're appointed, okay? Enosh can mean mortal. Kinan can mean sorrow. Mahalel can mean blessed of God. Jared means came down. Enoch means teaching. Methuselah means his death shall bring. Lamech means strength and Noah comfort. These are all various, you know, maybe loose translations, some more accurate than others. Um, and if you put all these genealogy and names, uh, the translation of these names together, one very loose translation would be this. God has appointed that mortal men shall sorrow, but the blessed God came down teaching that his death shall bring strength and comfort. So I thought that was quite fascinating. Um, you know, I wouldn't take this, you know, put, you know, take this to the grave sort of a thing. Um, but let me say this, let me say this, okay? The scriptures give us snapshots, give us very important teachings, encounters, revelations of God. And sometimes when you get too close to it or stuck on a passage, it's hard to understand or see what God is doing. Uh, I often have said this, if you've ever seen a mosaic painting, right, a mosaic or a digital mosaic, you know, I can take photos of every single one of us, multiple photos, different shades, different tones, different smiles, and then with that, I could make, you know, the, I can make my face. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I can take all the different tones, and, and if you get too close to that, you'll see Vane, oh, okay, look, oh, so nice. You'll see, you know, Ken, and oh, 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 I can make that out, right? And so there's an individual stories and narratives, right? But when you take a look back, you can see, you know, all the, 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 the creativity of art and, and tech, you, you'll see my face. You guys, you guys understand what a mosaic is? That's the same thing with scriptures. The scriptures, when you get into each chapter and each person, every detail and genealogy, you know, you'll see a person, you'll see a name, you'll see a face. It's a snapshot. It's part of the narrative. When you go back out of the picture, you see the whole, and that picture, the whole of scriptures, the pictures that it makes, the, the, the ultimate direction of what God wants you to see ultimately is the Messiah. It's Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. Old Testament, revelations, even the things that we don't understand. Everything ultimately points to Jesus. And I mentioned that we need two lens. One, uh, uh, when we don't understand something, uh, we have to trust that through the biblical redemptive narrative of Christ on the cross, that things will make sense through that. At least, at the very least I know, at the very least I know that I did not suffer alone. At the very least. That God is not in heaven, you know, cheering me on, hey, you can make it. Don't give up. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was so bad. You know, come on, you can come up here, you can come up here, you can do it, you're almost there. That's not what God does. God comes down from his palace, walks a lifetime, lives in our shoes, takes all the sin and shame of the world upon himself and dies on the cross. At the very least, if you don't trust or understand why things are happening, at the very least you can say this, at least I have a God that understands my pain. The theology doesn't make sense, the plan doesn't make sense, and that makes it very hard for me to believe. But at the very least, I believe that I have a God who understands my pain, who entered into my world, 
lived a lifetime in my shoes, and died on the cross for me. Until I can figure it out, this is the person I want to follow. Does that make sense? Right? That's one lens. And the second lens was, uh, we said, the whole council of scriptures. Right? When something doesn't, is you know, out of characteristics or doesn't make sense, you need to look at the whole council of scriptures and everything God says through the whole narrative, not one isolated or two isolated uh, places. Does that make sense? Okay. And then the third is the mosaic. The third is the mosaic. You got to take a step back and look at the picture. I guess, I guess that would be the whole council of scriptures. Okay. Um, remember, when you don't get something, when something is tough, and can I invite uh, uh, Charles up at this time? Can we give Charles a warm applause? Yay! <laughs> Brian was in the hospital checkup, everything yesterday, and insurance and stuff, and so um, <clears throat> he just needed a day to recover. And so uh, Charles is going to lead us. Um, don't forget. Come on, guys. You know, don't give up. Don't, don't. Life is tough, you know. Uh, there are tough circumstances and situations. I think God knew that. He knew that. Um, he made provision. And when things get tough, it's an invitation for us to get near to God and to ask God for revelation. You know, I, I've, I've met with so many people who've, who've struggled through such difficulty, some of the most difficult things in life. And one of the things I found is, um, you know, many of them will journal, right? And, and their thoughts are all over the place. I mean, their faith is all over the place. But they still ask the questions, you know, kind of like Psalms, right? Psalms is so honest, it's so raw, right? Uh, uh, couple months ago I said uh, in a Sunday sermon Psalms gives us the permission to lash out, to be angry to cry, even to curse for David to be like curse, you know, kill this guy send this person out you know, oh woe is me, I, you know, I want to die you know, Elijah, these are very raw every believer, everyone who ever did anything for the kingdom of God came to a point, you know, Elijah where he wanted to, you know, die Right? Where David wanted you know, his enemies to be eradicated and, and, and killed and murdered even, you know, you know, wiped them out. Right? Th these were raw. And God, you know, you can be angry, you can be emotional, you can be, but don't be angry at God. Don't, don't curse God. Right? You can curse the situation, you know, but don't, don't, don't be angry and don't curse God. But you can be raw before God. Does that make sense? You can be raw before God. I'm angry. This is unfair. This hurts too much. You can say those things before God. But, but you know, don't say, God, I'm angry at you, or God, it's your fault. Don't, don't, don't say things like that. And if we have, then, you know, I think, you know, you know we can repent. We can confess. Um, but what we can do is say, God, give me revelation. And what I found is a lot of people who journal, right, because it's just, it's, just, it's just too much to hold in your head. I mean, it'll, it'll crush you. It's too much to hold in your heart. It'll crush you. You can see some counseling. You can tell your best friend. Even then, it's too much. You need an outlet. And so I, I know a lot of people who journal, many people. And then what they're basically doing is asking for revelation. I don't understand. 
God, I don't understand. It doesn't seem fair. And then you write these down and you cry and you, you don't have an answer. You sleep and you wake up. You don't have an appetite. You wake up again and you journal. Same thing. I don't understand. This, this doesn't seem fair. God, where are you? Why weren't you there? You cry, you sleep, right? You wake up, you don't have an appetite. You know, this goes on for days, for weeks, for months, right? And as you do that, you're asking God. You may not know it, but you're saying, God, I don't understand. And you may not have written it, but you're saying, God, give me understanding. The fact that you don't understand and that it was so hard, and the fact that you kept believing and having faith is your body language, whether you said it or not, or whether you subscribed, is you saying, God, give me understanding. Help me see what I don't see. Help me see what I don't see. And your God is more than willing to give you revelation. If your God, who us, in a, in a, in a, in a temporary state of separation, and like, man, we're, there's no reason to live. If God went through heaven and hell, and all the cosmos to say, no, you are loved. And I want you to know you are so loved. And, and I'm going to show you in a way that you'll never forget. I'm going to come. Yes, I'm going to come. I'm going to leave my majesty. I'm going to go across. the cross. I know you're supposed to, but I'm going to take your place. And I'm going to pay the full price. So no matter how bad it gets you, you need to remember for the rest of your life that I love you. And if I went to that extent to give you that type of revelation, why wouldn't I give you revelation for the other things in your life? But it's going to take time. There's going to be a process. It's going to take a lot of humility. It's going, to it's going to take a lot of coming before God. Amen? So once again this morning, all of us, wherever we are in our faith tank, let us come before God and let us seek Him for a greater revelation this morning. Amen? Okay, let's respond in this song of worship. Why don't we all rise?